emphasis well, on cold open. You know what I mean? I have some. I have some <laughs> you know what I mean, dog? Um, <clears throat> hey, Dan. Me, 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 me. Double me, me. Is this recording? Yes. I feel like uh, this. We're, we're too far apart. I'm not. What's going on here? This is not. I don't have any slack. You got to move up. Yeah. Sorry. Wait fucking up. <laughs> I just left a copy and a note for that. <laughs> I don't. No comment. Yeah. This might be your last day, so I'm really yeah, going to try I, to get I some mean, good content classic, out of you. It was a classic Cat McCarthy Catch-22 where she has both told me like she doesn't like waking up to notes, but also she, under no circumstances should I ever wake her on a weekend. Yep, that's what we call the fiancé paradox. <laughs> and I've told her, I'm like, you realize that, like, no matter, you create a scenario where no matter what I do, it's r- the wrong thing. And she's like, you gotta just use your best judgment based on context. Mm. And this one, I was like, you were up at 4.30 in the morning, you probably want to be sleeping. Uh, all right, let's get this over with. So I left a note being like, text me if it gets worse or if you need help. All right, Sallow, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Moving on to Father's Day. <laughs> Throws all my notes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Dan. Hello. How are you today? I am well. well I'm tired. Yeah. Maybe um, it would perk you up to uh, head back into the anals of season 5B. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where we're starting with this, huh? Man, that was right there. Uh, trigger warning up front for this episode, and I I, I want to be as dead honest. Yeah, as if you were offended possible. by Little Italy, just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> good, good enough. Is that is that not what you meant? <laughs> by Chris Girande. <laughs> I'm, I'm having one of those moments where I'm going back through my notes and just marveling at my genius. And you're just like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, God, that's a hilarious thing to write. I don't know if it's a hilarious thing to say. <laughs> well, let's get this over with up yeah. front, right? <laughs> oh! Danny Donna Dorelli! Hey! You see that new flick, Sallow? Uh, yeah, I went and saw it at the local, uh, Five and Dime. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the name of, like, um, Italian currency is. Like a peso for Mexican people, but I'm just gonna say, uh, Pasta! Yeah, I saw yeah. it at the local Pasta Rigatone! <laughs> <laughs> I traded him five tortillachis for the ticket. That's that theater where you get in on five tortillachis. Oh, uh, it's really a steal if you think about it. All right, let's get serious. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> that was a good setup for Little Italy. I don't know that that vibes with today's episode. No, it, it surely does not. So um, trigger warning up front. I'm going to do a second, I guess, a second trigger warning. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of Italian stuff this episode. I know that's the first trigger warning, but I really want to double yeah. down on that. But um, FYI, this one is for sure earned 
<laughs> yeah, there's no like filling in the blanks that we had to do here where someone would be like, this actually doesn't make Italian people look bad. Right. There's been like this like long running bit about me like ragging on Italians, particularly since the Little Italy episode. But like to like to most degrees, that's a bit. <laughs> today like I, I've, I've my feelings about the italian people like i previously had feelings about specifically south philly and jersey shore italians right right dan has this said is the first time times. that i've ever had opinions about people in italy dan's racism has always been very geographically specific to the tri-state area yeah and now his his reach has literally expanded across the globe after having watched sallow 120 days of sodom um which uh if you haven't heard of this before uh that is the word sodom as in sodomy that is 120 days, as in that's the length of the sodomy, <laughs> and sallow, as in Italy. Um, uh, today uh, on season 5B, in which we plumb the lowest, darkest, most fucked depths of uh, cinema, um, we did sallow, which um, I guess that's pretty much it for season 5B. <laughs> I don't know how much, yeah, we know really, how much more fucked up we can do. We already buried the lead on this one. Um, trigger warning up front. Uh, uh, scat, scat, <laughs> scat, uh, pedophilia, rape. Nazism, yeah, uh, rape, torturing, imprisonment. I mean, we've never done our trigger warning for Nazism in the past. Corruption of the youth. Um, this is like the anti Schindler's List. This movie. That's how I felt after watching this. Like when you watch uh, Schindler's List. I don't know. They both involved shit. It's true. When you watch Schindler's List and, and you morph into Daniel Plainview saying, I'm finished when it's over, that's like how I feel about a movie like this. It's uh, what um, what to say about the watching of this movie. I guess up front, we should say this is a movie from 1975 uh, from Italy, as you probably surmised by now. And um, it's considered. This was the first time you had seen it, correct? This is. Okay, so in high school, I did my thing where I went through and found the most fucked up movies ever. Yeah. And what I did with this movie is I downloaded it and skimmed through it looking for, like, violence, right. essentially. looking for the chaos. And didn't – and saw some of the more extreme moments, for sure, and was like, oh, wow, what? Yeah. Um, but didn't get a sense for the movie. But you didn't go movie. cover to cover. No. Um this is definitely the first cover to cover. You were like, this is more... Uh, or ass to mouth, if you will, of uh, this entire movie. You're like, this was less irreversible, more uh, Barry Lyndon vibe, so I'm out. Yeah. No, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to show my cards too much, but put a pin in Barry Lyndon for, <laughs> for a little bit. I'm going to circle back around to that. Um, okay. Uh, so okay, um, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to do um, like a macro uh, and a micro of how we feel about this movie for sure. Uh, I think it's important up front to give a like a very very brief uh, synopsis of what at least we're talking about because I think the first thing that we should do is kind of reactions. Okay. Um, we can break down, of course, what happened in this film and we will. Yep. To my chagrin and the listener's horror. Um, but for now, let's just talk about the base facts. Um, movie from 1975 in Italian um, takes place during the Nazi occupation of Italy um, where kind of the Italian regime and the fascist Nazi regime 
kind of combined into like the three-headed dragon. Yeah. Um, so that means that uh, it's, the, a, it's a reimagining of the book. Nat- naturally, sure. The, naturally, that's not when the book took place. But right. this makes this uh, it gives it a, a little bit even more of an edge. The book that Dan is referring to, uh, Sallow, uh, is written by um, renowned serial uh, pervert the Marquis de Sade, yeah. uh, who invented being a serial pervert. Yeah. If you want to like, it's like the word sadist comes from Marquis de Sade. If you yes. want to like, just go read the man's Wikipedia. Like he was a real Renaissance man, the real like David Cronenberg of his time. I mean, truly the genesis of people like David Cronenberg and artists of uh, Of transgressive art who who directed this film. Oh, that vibe to the Marquis de Sade, which is crazy to say, because this is like a literary figure like Edgar Allan Poe, basically, who's who's pretty much just mythic. He like wanted to live his life the way uh, David Cronenberg probably actually does live his life um <laughs> so the movie takes place uh in, in well, do, do you know about marquis de Sade that like despite all that like uh, like historians have come to the conclusion that like he didn't really do any fucked up shit in his free time like no i didn't know that like I mean. the like uh the most like taboo things that have like been unearthed about him is that like he beat the shit out of his housekeeper and mm-hmm. like there was like one other thing like he had like well it is hard to find good help yeah like he like like was mean to his wife one time like he was like super fucking vanilla in real life well you know so weird as with many of these uh serial artistic perverts though they they are unassuming in many ways same with serial killers and um (laughs) um so uh you know the movie i guess follows like a, a rough summation of the book but regardless we're only really here to talk about the movie and god that's enough and um the basic plot is that in this environment in which uh, the Italian um, bourgeoisie has given been given powers of ultimate, ultimate control by the Nazis yeah. um, Four dignitary libertines round up uh, maybe 10 men and 10 women with the help of the local nine, nine, youth, nine of, nine of each, nine of each um, and bring them to a mansion where they torture and sexually abuse and humiliate and um, do all manner of unbelievable. Yeah. And when I say the course of like a very like calculated series of rituals, this is sure. big. Like the, the elite do fucking satanic, pagan, fucked up rituals, um, and uh, it still happens today. Check your local pizza shop. Basically. Um, <laughs> Basically, if uh, you know anything about Epstein Island or Hillary Clinton, you'll know that. (laughs) (laughs) You'll know that. You'll um, have a vibe for what these people do in this movie. (laughs) You'll know that. uh, And and this is a theme explored deeply by the film. uh, The greatest height of power uh, typically is rife with the spoils of anarchy. Right. People at the top of ultimate control do the most uncontrollable things. Um, That is uh, disseminated down through everything we see today from capitalism to Donald Trump to uh, Epstein Island to uh, all of the priest Catholic uh, abuse that we've seen to the people without accountability are more prone to act on like unadulterated id. Yes, absolutely. And, and, uh, and this has always been a question and this is, you know, could be its own hour long discussion, honestly, but uh, you know, the the rules of straight, of gay, 
of culture, of taboo, all go out the window when you're at that power level. Like, a lot of people, uh, I think, are under the misunderstanding uh, that people like Jeffrey Epstein and uh, people like these, you know, high-level Catholic priests, that they're just, like, simply gay or a pedophile. Yeah, it's, right. It, so much of it is a power dynamic. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of that is explored in this movie. A lot of that is the subtext of this film. Obviously... A normal person who isn't fucking nuts like us could watch this movie and be like, this was a torture movie, I hated this movie, yada, 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 and miss all of this subtext. But what is amazing about um, the way it's kind of done here is it's just done by shocking you to the point that the, the doors just blow off. And, and I think there is the initial reaction to this movie where you're just like, that's disgusting. Um, but there's a lot going on here, as the listener can also tell. Now, this is a movie in which um, people are fed shit out of a giant trough. Um, <laughs> so, like, it is easy to uh, really get caught up in the details of this one and um, not be able to see a lot of the stuff. But I know Dan Enden pretty well, and he is the kind of dude who's pretty pissed about people in power, about Italian people in power. Um <laughs> And fucking I, Nancy Pelosi, dude. I have to assume that this movie at some level connected with that part of your lizard brain because it connected with mine and mine's not as strong as yours. So, I mean, <laughs> I had already read the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this is like I'm not com I'm coming at this from a like a little bit different of a place where like I, I, I had watched I've watched the movie in its entirety before. It's been a long time, but I also read the book. Which, like, this in conjunction with, like, being right after the crash episode, like, is, like, it gives a, gives a depiction of me in terms of my tastes that I just don't think is necessarily representative. But I do. There is the part of me that, like, has always, like, if something is, like, on a list of this is the most up, fucked up version of this that has existed, be it book, graphic novel, movie, TV show, like, that's the thing always that I'm going to watch. Like, why that I have that compulsion, I don't know. But, like while I was sitting working in a call center and was just reading Kindle on my desktop for hours a day. <laughs> reading Sallow. <laughs> one, one day on Prime, Sallow was free uh -huh. on Prime reading. And I was like, huh. I mean, I didn't even know. When I saw Sallow as a kid, I didn't know as a kid, as a teenager. Didn't watch as a child. Thankfully, that one escaped me. Uh, but I was like, I, did, I didn't even know it was based on a book. I just thought it was a fucked up movie. Mm -hmm. I saw the book was only like 60 pages. I was like, let me bang this out. Mm-hmm. And I did, and uh, it was, the book is, like, very humorous mm -hmm. and, like, very overtly scathing of the bourgeoisie uh -huh. in a way that I was like, this is engaging, but then it gets into, like, immediately into, like, the child anus descriptions, and I'm like, yeah, sure. I can do without this part. Hell yeah. But I'm in, I'm, I was along for the ride, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess what is this? What did you say? It, it hits my lizard brain. Yeah, yeah, of course this hits my lizard brain. Sure. I sat here the whole time ruminating, me being like, man, it's so funny how like now we're at this time where like in my brain, people collectively believing that our elite do things like this is like radical right wing conspiracy. Like this is like what happens when 4chan is uh is rampant, but like. 
this shit used to actually happen. Yeah. I mean, we don't know if the shit that happened there's in this movie or it book surely happened, happened. But we know that there is a reason for the person yeah. to be commenting on I mean, it like, happening. The further back you go, the more it's rampant. Yeah. Obviously, you go back to Rome and Egypt. Like libertines I mean, exi existed. If you go back to just ancient civilizations, yeah. this shit was way, way crazier than Sallow. Um, <laughs> but uh, that being said, um, I just want to tell you then, as somebody who didn't read the book, as somebody who didn't remember the movie, how it felt to watch this movie for me. Because I feel like I haven't really said that to you um, through text and stuff like that. I did erase about 50 messages to you this week. Yeah, I figured you were just like, messing around with your screen trying to wipe the jizz off of it <laughs> um, I would open my phone and it would be like Dan Lyons seven messages I'd click it and it would, the first one it would be like unsend unsend and never mind unsend 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 unsend, 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 unsend. Uh, yeah <laughs> one of those messages was whatever you do don't eat a bunch of Berea before watching this movie <laughs> Because that is what I did, first of all. I was full. Yeah. I mean, I like when you're burping yeah. in little pieces of burrito. When you told me that you the consomme were doing is bubbling that, in like, your throat. I was like, that was a choice. My initial reaction to this movie was just, Ooh, <laughs> me. Um, but a after the shock wore off, um, I realized a few things. Okay. First of all, and I gotta be really careful here because I'm gonna I'm gonna trigger myself and make myself sick. Okay. So I just gotta relax. <sighs> this movie made me really sick <laughs> and, and never never no jackass movie no um snuff film that i've watched nothing has made me as sick as this movie really i was um in josh boyer's backyard uh yesterday um long story short um i could sum that up better i guess but i was selling him a pair of earphones um okay. and hung out with him for a minute and i told him um that i would rather have watched a 10 minute snuff film where a person actually dies like russian execution in the forest type thing on kazaa when you were like 13 yeah. than have having watched this fictional and honestly not too bloody gory or graphic in a violence perspective per se until the last 10 minutes but yeah. um the midpoint of this movie made me so sick I, I i had two or three minutes where i was just gagging while i was watching it just yeah. my eyes were watering i think you're getting gagging. soft as you age dan oh for sure you're, you're like doesn't? you're like the dude who's been simping for martyrs on the internet for the past fucking 10 years and you're like and inside <laughs> And you're like, ah, Salo, I was uh, I was going to leave the theater. I was going to vomit. I was. It's an outrage. I was so fucking close to vomiting while watching this. Really? Look at you, man. By the end of it, um, I, uh, first of all, I just want to make it clear. This when, was your idea. When I finished, Sa <laughs> when I finished Salo, I uh, watched the new Disney Plus show, uh, Miss Marvel, um, <laughs> with my wife. Um, and uh, it's, it's about like a, a 15 year old girl in Jersey City who gets superpowers it's actually a fantastic show however um, I was I, yeah, Miss Marvel 10 out of 10 the marvelous Miss Marvel <laughs> literally watching this show being like I have psychological damage from what I just watched I am, add it to the list I am gonna have to talk to my therapist at some point about how I felt about this really movie because I I'm so... Can you record that conversation to, yeah. like, tag onto the podcast? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Your therapy. <laughs> You're, like, uh, in tears. <laughs> I'm just like... 
Yeah, just have all Mario samples for this episode. I felt like that. Uh, <laughs> I, and, and I want you to know that they're like semi-ironic because okay. they're all so jovial. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so sad and it's just... You're like... That's actually scared you're Luigi. You're like, so then he put the bowl of shit in front of her and he was like, here we go. <laughs> Yahoo! Um, <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh-huh. The psychological damage inflicted on me from this movie was profound. Wow. Um, and what's funny is that, and I want to, I guess, curtail this into my review, which I'm going to do in a strange way before we talk about really the movie itself. Okay. Um, uh, it was the toughest watch of any movie I think I've ever watched, for sure. And I, I watched it in one shot. Okay. Um and took a 15-minute break. When I came back from the 15-minute break and pressed unpause, um, the main libertine pulled down his pants and shit on the floor. (laughs) Um, And I had a kind of experience like you did on the last episode of Father's Day where I watched the first hour and was like, "Uh, okay, I get it, but it's, where are we going with this? Like, when is this gonna shift into overdrive? And then took a pause ate a tremendous amount of Berea and then um, came back and a man shat on the floor and made a girl eat it. Yep. And it sure really, I mean, I turned green uh, with, with illness. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, for that reason and many more, I would say this was the probably my second favorite actual movie that we've watched on the podcast. The first being Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. Okay. I'm going to give this movie a 10 out of 10. Wow! A perfect score. And I will <laughs> okay. spend a lot of time defending that position. All right. um, I'm never going to watch it again. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Um, 10 out of 10. Uh, my, my conception for what you could do in a movie has been the goalposts have been permanently shifted like 100 feet forward after having watched this. So I think anything else I do during 5B, um, it, nothing will... This is the high watermark. Yeah, I don't know how. Uh, this is like becoming the the two thousand one of five B. Like it's this, it's this, like if t- if everything's like if two thousand one's a ten out of ten. If The Shining's a ten out of ten. What's this? Right now we have ourselves a ten out of ten of depravity. Now let me um let me just do a very quick and then I'm gonna switch over to you for a little bit. But let me okay. do a very quick defense of myself, which will go throughout the episode, I'm sure. But um. Uh, am I giving this movie a 10 out of 10 because I'm a serial pervert? Absolutely not. No. I felt totally sickened by everything I saw in this movie. But keep in mind, dear listener, that recently we watched Crash, which I found very frustrating to watch. Very graphic movie. Um, no subtext, really. Uh, as much as Andre wants to extrapolate like group dynamics out of a movie that basically had none. Um, uh, I really did not connect with that movie. And like I said about that movie, and like I said about Spanking the Monkey, and um, uh, I think that's been it for getting extreme, but um, I'm waiting for these movies to fucking go there. You know what I mean? To just do it all. Mm. Just fucking do it all. This movie hit levels of depravity and um, sickness and exploitation that are just unheard of in terms of what I've watched before. Um, Really just blown away by the film going there, which is part of it being a perfect score for me because never seen a movie just be like, 
we're doing everything that the human mind could permutate as disgusting all in a row just again and again and again um it reminded me a lot of a lot of different movies but i mean you mentioned martyrs this the end section of martyrs where you're watching someone be broken down into an animal basically and and having their doors of perception ripped off from the level of torture they experienced that was like this whole movie for me it was just like um a wish fulfillment of movies like hostile um, of movies where you have the bourgeoisie or or even the purge movies, things like that, that think that they're so fucked up, uh, but you never really follow the evil people for more than 10, 15 minutes in the movie. This movie, you sit with evil from frame one to the end. You yeah. are complicit with, in the perspective of, and in the favor of, honestly, as a viewer, the libertines as they do these things. They are the central characters that really are iconic in their own way. Um, and uh, this movie was shot just incredibly, had a lot of visual flair that really accentuated the torture, really accentuated what was going on in very primal, interesting ways. Um, its exploration of theme I thought was immaculate. Uh, the ending I thought was a perverse fucking masterpiece of, of just filth and violence. And... Um, it reminded me very much of Stanley Kubrick. It was very detached and felt alien and evil and like cursed. Um, what an experience. Don't watch Sallow, but I did, and I thought that it was a masterpiece. Man. Dan, thoughts? I'm I'm shocked to my core to hear a 10 out of 10 for Salo from you after the judgment and aspersions cast upon me for even insinuating there is artistic merit to Crash. Um, I, uh... I... But Crash, again, like, cr Crash A was made like shit. It yes. looked horrible. This movie was gorgeous. Yes. Um, It had no subtext that I could latch on to. It, if it was an allegory, it wasn't... It wasn't an allegory. This was allegorical and fucked and increased in its horror and its uh, macabre nature uh, just endlessly just ramped up endlessly yeah. for me and I just it really truly affected me and I thought it was brilliant um so I came in I have to change my whole approach to all this cause I thought this was gonna be a classic situation of you just like calling me a piece of shit mhm mm but no, like I, I gave this movie an eight point seven five. Okay. Um, none of it's enjoyable, but you hit the nail on the head pretty hard for me. Um, I wrote a lot in my phone about how the movie looking good and being a good movie is such a big factor. Yeah, it makes it, it, it in, so many points because go to it. It, it, <laughs> it gives it a degree. It's filmed it with a degree of like coldness and uh, detachment from the whole situation. Everything's presented so matter-of-factly while still having, like, a very um, like not happy-go-lucky, but, like just classic, like Middle Ages not Middle Ages, like like Barry Lyndon S. Score. Like, the vibe is just so like, da 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 da, -da walking through the castle da 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 da, -da. Yeah. I, and, I would, and I would argue all of that is very purposeful. Yeah, for you sure. You feel like you're watching a stage play. You feel like you're watching a ritual. It's if you're if you're listening to this and you've never seen it, imagine 
uh, the whole Fidelio section of Eyes Wide Shut, but taken to its absolute zenith in terms of what actually happens at the meeting, and the meeting is the entire fucking yeah. two-hour movie. And even that has a degree of, like, film, like, cinematographical, cinematographical, like, love poured into the scene that, like, it's a little bit stylized. This is, like, really, really detached from the content yeah. where it's, like, you like you you watch things in this movie that you you do not expect to even think about or consider as concepts and they not only imply it but just show it they do the whole thing as so like everything is presented as just being so common and old hat and like like there's such a lack of morality just mm -hmm. even as like a, a hypothetical concept in the right. film that that is why it works because yes. there's no point where you're at risk of like being confused as to whether the director was like trying to titillate you with this right what you're being presented with is just like pure lunacy i would argue that the film being cold and detached also is a further comment on it being from the perspective of the libertines because to them no sexual yeah, act what they were doing is nothing yeah no sexual act is titillating that's why they're doing these things because in their infinite power they've run out yeah. of depravity they got nothing to, to get their jollies off exactly um and this is a movie watching the sickest, most powerful people exert their will on the proletariat. And there's so much subtext, but they don't like literally you're watching a scene where a person is made to eat a bowl of shit. Right. And, and then a banquet hall of people are made yeah. to eat bowls of yeah, shit. Yeah, bookended by like elaborate conversations about like the works of Nietzsche. Sure. And at the same time, without saying it, there's so much subtext to that sickening imagery like i felt uh you know during especially uh the whole section of the movie is called circle of shit um and it's all shit related they make everyone eat shit they shit it and make a, a, you know like people smear it all over themselves yeah, there's very long monologues about shit like excrement about like 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 presented as if they're like sexual titillating like stories after dark but like the all the morals of the stories are like and then he fed me his his poopies. his diary is <laughs> Mama Mario um, <laughs> um uh and and my lizard brain can't help but just like picture um so many different things when watching that like um you have rich and powerful people feeding literal shit uh, to their poor slaves, it's literally just like McDonald's logos flashing in my mind, and and corporate consumerist garbage food. And I started looking a bit into the director and reading a couple things he had to say about it. One of which was definitely that he was sickened by the spread of food around the world and how it had been homogenized down to like fast food and things like that, and that greatly sickened him. And a lot of that I think plays into the eating shit stuff. Yeah, and also just the allegorical idea of like making people eat shit like like we're rich fuck you eat shit yeah but literally yeah. and you will watch it happen and um you know there's a very literal take to all this and you could just be like this is a movie where people eat shit for 35 minutes yeah. in the middle of the movie but that's not i don't think what was happening well what i love about this movie is that like it escalates to that this movie manages to steadily escalate throughout the entire thing but where it starts like the very first premise you're presented with is these four elites um, deciding to trade each other's daughters for each other to marry right. as part of a ritual. 
and then kidnapping a bunch of kids and choosing their four henchmen to be whatever kids have the like the longest hardest cocks yeah and you're like all right well like that's pretty fucked up to begin with like (laughs) sure how are they gonna ramp up from this for two plus hours and they do they do (laughs) it's it's impressive um the escalation and i've told you many times that some of my favorite movies of all time are movies that end in chaos yeah and the depiction and we're going to do another movie called climax this season which is pure chaos um and i really (laughs) it's just a it's just a video of you watching I was like an inch from my computer watching, <laughs> typing my notes next to it. So I had to like lean. You were in. watching it in incognito mode. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Rachel, get down here. I'm tuned up after a circle of shit. Go get the poppers. Um, OK, I promise this episode is going to start getting funny soon because we're going to talk about some of the things that happened in it. But let's just talk really quick about the director, because this is this is kind of where things fly off the rails, because okay. like I, I give the movie a 10. I wish there was a world in which this director wasn't a serial pervert in real life. Oh boy. Wish that that were the case, but okay. it, it's not the case. And the- <laughs> it's funny because I gave it an 8.75 and all of the points I gave off of it, took off of it were for things that I just found to be pure filmmaking flaws rather than any of the content. I mean, this guy, renowned director, made trilogy of films in Italy, made a lot of good movies. Um, that were very epic in scope made like an adaptation of Arabian Nights yep was very renowned um was a pederast liked young boys was caught with a 15 year old in a group masturbation session what's up trick dude and um <laughs> who's now starring in Westworld this season and classic um, throwback um <laughs> starring or doing stunts for doing stunts for okay. but he was posting about it that's his most recent project is westworld um <laughs> i need to move on um and um <laughs> also this movie gave me flashbacks to that we uh, gotta get that to dude that on this show oh, we will we will we will and i'm gonna ask him about that for sure yeah me too okay okay good why not <laughs> we all beat it to american pie oh, that's like, life <laughs> like hey i'm dan by the way Mario. Um. So, <laughs> God, the trick dude thing really de- derails this podcast so fast. It seems right on brand with the movie. Um, pederast and um, caught with boys multiple times, and so people in Italy started that, that to be makes like this less chill. Yeah. People in Italy started to be like, this guy's not, this guy's not it. And um, <laughs> and so uh, one day he was out on the beach and uh, he was run over by his own car three times. Um, so we're not really sure how that happened. Um, then his testicles and penis were crushed with a lead pipe. Um, then his body, he at this point had died. His body was then covered with gasoline and lit on fire. Um, after he was already deceased, um, his murderers were never found. There are many conspiracies that seem to point to people, uh, conservative maniacs in the area, maybe taking him out or assassinating him. Wasn't it nice that there was a time where like, and this was before Sallow came out, by the way. Yeah. Where you can do whoever killed that guy. Who was like hadn't he was seen like, Sallow yet? Yeah, he was like uh, whoever killed that guy was like some poor little Italian man who was just like hey, it's like this know. guy's a menace. His art is gonna break down society. And then he went and saw Sallow and was like hell yeah. He's like <laughs> 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 he was like oh I wish we waited till after this. That being said, this movie 
uh, did not come out in Italy, which is funny. Yeah. Um, it was not allowed to come out in Italy. It was not allowed to come out in many places. It's become a cult cl- classic over the years. This is our sec- thir- th- third Criterion movie. Barry Lyndon, t- Last Temptation of Christ. Crash. Uh, and now this. Oh, Crash. Fourth. Um, not my favorite of Wait, our no, series. Wait, no. Armageddon. Oh, but the Armageddon episode oh, uh, didn't. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. Fuck, man. We did an entire episode of Armageddon. I know, we mentioned this a lot. No lie, it was probably the best episode we ever recorded. It like, was, inc- I was, it was like, incredible. I was, like, falling out of my chair. Dan was on. Yeah, it was, you, dude, it was, a, it was like, we went, we did, like, a solid two-plus hours on Armageddon. Yep, it and then I looked at the computer, and it, was and it was frozen, and I was like, Mario! So, if you want to listen to that episode... You can, <laughs> but it was amazing, and we both loved Armageddon. Great movie, and Dan was mad at me that I even chose Armageddon, and then we, I think we all loved it. And we hugged it out. Yeah, I had a good blast. Um, all right, so um, <laughs> this movie. This, anyway, back to Salo. Anyway, the director or, was uh, 120 uh, days of uh, the actual haunting of Bly Manor. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was very similar to Bly Manor. <laughs> All right, Sallow or 120 Arriva there, jeez. All right, wow. I feel like I have to like I have to like at okay. this point apologize for my past re- making fun of Italians yeah. because like nat- you should have like, saved it. For yeah, this. it wasn't earned until now. <laughs> um, like right. I, I was I was like, what do you call um like you personally? You know when you have um because. It, in our society where I am repeatedly finding out that the, the words I use to refer to things are no longer okay to say. Uh-huh. If you were to wear a white tank top undershirt, what would you call that? A wife beater. Yeah. So, But also, I stick to very classic principles and phrases. So I... Uh, don't revise Growing them. up, to me, that was a wife beater or a guinea tea. Oh, no, Dan. So... No. no. I never knew... Like, as a kid... As a kid, I had no idea... <laughs> what that meant God just no. my neighbor uh, alright I'm still recovering here from just hearing that <laughs> phrase you're gonna have to you just slow down a little bit um all well right. alright okay. so uh mm-hmm. shout right. out to uh Evan Criscolo my neighbor of the uh the oh no I don't remember the name of his podcast he has a podcast it's like the David don't Evan plug podcast. somebody else's podcast on here I'm glad you forgot the name um either way it, it, Italian family my his brother Jordan was my childhood best friend sick and um, I don't know where this is going. But <laughs> I, hate, I hate it. So, um, so he was the first person I saw wearing one of those shirts as a kid. Woo! And he referred to it as a guinea tea. Jesus, so again. I thought that's just what it was called. So I went home and I asked my parents. I was like, I want. A, can you? Can we go to the store? Can you buy me guinea teas? And they were like, What? No. And then they were like, You can't say that. And I was like, All right, but they didn't explain why. So then I always just referred to it as a guinea tea. Like, eventually I realized that wasn't okay, so I just started calling it a wife beater, which is what I heard everyone else call it. Um, then one day Kat was like, Why, "Like, do you think it's, like, cool to, like, walk around, like, referring to the shirt you're wearing as a wife beater? And I was like, ah. You need to leave. Yeah, so now, like, what I really appreciate from this movie is that I feel like I can go back to saying guinea tea. Jesus. I should have saved you need to leave for that statement. I'll give you Jigsaw, though. Um, dude. Oh, and this is my oh, this is my sample now. Instead of um, Kylo Ren screaming more, it's the Italian gra- guy screaming eat. 
um, <laughs> at the girl to his piece of poop. Manja! Manja! <laughs> you like that shit, dude? That's that's quality. Um, Manja! Um, <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about this fucking movie yeah. and, and have some fun because uh, I'm sure we both have a lot of great notes. I want to kick things off with a way to talk about the libertines, okay? We need to... Oh, Kevin Smith just fell over. Um, <laughs> Not the first time. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, heart attack joke. I just meant in his career, but also a heart attack joke. Manja! <laughs> that one is wild. Um, uh, I feel like the samples have less effect if you laugh at your own samples as soon as you try. I know. I'll, I'll edit my laughter out from now on. It'll just be you. You're like... Look at my genius. I, I fucking am, though. Um, uh, speaking of my genius, I figured out uh, how we're going to refer to all of the libertines. Okay. Um, I gave them all names. Luigi. And, and no, Dan, that's very. <laughs> it's a very level one intro of doing this. Wario. I I based it on who they looked like, not just Italian names. That that would be a low level sense of humor. Okay. Yeah. Oh! Was, um, the, was the one what's his face from fucking Princess Bride? Um, <laughs> Wallace, Mandy Potemkin, <laughs> Mandy Patek. Um Steve Buscemi. Okay, <laughs> do you know famous, which one I'm picturing? Famous Italian, yeah. <laughs> Firefighter, this tracks for you. Yep. <laughs> Grandpa from Willy Wonka. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the one ball guy. Yeah. Cross-eyed, <laughs> cross-eyed Art Garfunkel. <laughs> okay. Who's the president? Yeah. And yeah. then Gerard Butler slash you. <laughs> Who's the guy who shits on the floor? Who you kind of look like? <laughs> I know which one you're referring to. Only one of them has a beard. <laughs> and he looks like Gerard Butler. He does look like Gerard Butler. I, I mean, I appreciate it. Roundabout way of me saying you look like a young Gerard Butler. I was going to say, that's very flattering. That was a handsome man who was shitting on that floor. No problem. <laughs> um, Monza! Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm not supposed to laugh it's not funny my genius um <laughs> intro music sounds like the score to little italy <laughs> i was like dun, 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 i know dun. dude um, um and like it gave me immediate flashbacks to when i went to see eight and a half at the philly film center and they had like a little uh little orchestra in the lobby playing music like that all time. <laughs> and i walked in and i was like i'm like in a fucking pizzeria <laughs> um I was looking at the credits and I was just like, okay, in other words, a very long list of sex criminals. <laughs> uh, opening credits also read like a fancy four-star Italian restaurant menu. <laughs> I was so much happier. I was like, pizza ravioli. <laughs> I was so much happier before you told me the director was like a total sex pervert. I was hoping you were going to save that for the end. I was hoping I you were, yeah, after I praised the shit out of the movie, I, I thought you were going to be <laughs> like, he was like famous for uh, like advocacy against child yeah, he was a heterosexual man who uh, fought against abuse tooth and nail his whole yeah. life. Um, I should have said that up front and then at the end been like, actually. Yeah, just kidding. He was a sex pervert. Yeah, you watched his, balls his crushed. film. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you think this dude was just like fucking beating his dick to a pulp to the dailies from this day? <laughs> Did they have dailies back then? I mean, 
look, <laughs> the amount of crotch grabbing that probably went into the making of this movie, both from the actors and its makers. Well, I was reading a, I was reading a, a Reddit thread um, where someone was talking about the bonus features on the Criterion disc, uh-huh. and they were just like, when you watch when you watch the behind the scenes featurette, they're all just laughing and having a great time yes. on set. Like yes, and and the other thing is, and many and of I was the like, oh, actors, how lovely. Many of the actors attested to this. A lot of it was done in the editing room. A tremendous amount of the more disgusting aspects were shot like in a way that they were detached from the crew or um, focused on in in the actual editing of the movie. Um, Still, I don't know how this could have been a fun time at summer camp. Yeah, right. I will say that if you were Steve Buscemi, Grandpa from Willy Wonka, President Cross-Eyed, Art Garfunkel and Gerard Butler that you probably had the time of your life shooting this movie, especially <laughs> Gerard Butler, who in uh, the wedding ritual scene, yeah, uh, of he this gets movie, a little bit of action from everyone. Man. Goes around and philanders in one shot, probably forty plus people, yeah. uh, biting, licking, yeah. uh, fingering, uh, stroking everyone. 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 Every nobody is. Yeah, safe. no one's off limits. <laughs> um, when I like, you know, he, he's like the mist. Back before my uh, doors of perception were opened uh, to the world, after watching this movie and, and had watched crash i was like sure is a lot of crotch grabbing and and hank panky in this one and this <laughs> this movie made crash seem like a joke yeah. like even more so than it already is it really minimized any shock value that, that movie had for me because this was like just for example you said while we were watching crash um that one of the disappointing aspects of it was when james spader finally uh cozies up to his like uh group leader the yeah. doctor that they didn't show any actual gay sex or penetration yeah, yeah. this movie could not stop penetrating yeah. like there was no end to the butt fuckery oh, the buggering yeah. <laughs> there's so much it's buggering constant. i'm a i'm gonna be honest man crash impacted me like physically and emotionally far more than this movie did that is insane this movie like crash's detachment from its subject matter was like very disconcerting to me Whereas this movie, looking like a movie, gave me something to latch onto in a way that I was like, yep, this is another really fucked up foreign movie that I'm watching. Hmm. I'm sure, like, having read the book and being and having seen the movie before and at some point during my life, like, in college while I was really stoned with a bunch of people being, like, bringing up the shit-eating scene on YouTube to show them. <laughs> like, I'm like, it, it's not like it was all fresh to me. Sure. But, like, Crash was, like... That that movie like kind of fucked up my psyche, I'd say substantially more than this one because this one I so easily buy the premise that like <laughs> that, that the, this is what these fucking government fucks are doing. Like it's sure. it's not a hard sell for me. Whereas Crash was like me having to wrap my brain around like the potential of this even being feasible. Right. As like a sub demographic. Um, yeah, th- I think th- well, everything you just said is why I think Crash is just a worse movie. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this movie operated in an actual world that seemed tangible to me. Um, and uh, I'd love to read the screenplay to this movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, not, it's do, not do, good. Do you think it's just like an italic font, just like <laughs> the boy's foreskin in blows in the wind? Italic font. Yeah, there's just foreskins blowing in the wind. <laughs> the day begins with foreskins blowing in the wind. Um, <laughs> Anyway, they gather all the kids together and come out on a balcony. And 
This movie also, um, you can see, is like the prototype for a lot of like horror movies, like Hostel and things like that, yeah. where they lay out rules to you that are very clear. And, and horror as a genre, w of which this movie is firmly in place for me, this was a horror movie, a political satire, but a horror movie at yeah, its base. I for mean, sure. I don't think that you could classify this movie as anything but a horror movie, in my opinion. But, Agreed. Um, uh, and its satirical elements are inferred. It's not outwardly satirical. It's not funny. It is fucking no. like watching it's Schindler's like, List. It's menacing. It's 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 like watching something that you should not be watching, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's definitely not like uh, you know Father's Day was, where it's kitschy and meant to be funny, yeah. and and you can laugh at it. There's this nothing is, to be laughing. This isn't schlocky or campy at no. all. This actually becomes darker than any movie I've ever seen. Last 10 minutes of this movie, you cannot think of a darker scenario. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. That's the point. Right. But you cannot devise a more sadistic scenario than the final 10 min minutes of Sally. And it becomes exceptionally darker. Like, because, like, the first time I saw it, which, like, this is not a movie I should have been watching at the age that I saw it. Sure. But, like, since I was watching all of the transgressive cinema I could, like, I didn't. Like I, I didn't necessarily see Sallow as being wildly ahead of anything. Like it was like I found Irreversible infinitely harder to watch than this at the time, and I watched them both within the same month. Um, Just want to re restate that this was the hardest movie I've ever watched. But but when when I'm <laughs> ever that, when I'm that young, like there's there's a lot that I don't have as a frame of reference. There's sure. a lot of like subtext and like implicate societal implications that I'm not considering, and there's a lot of I mean, like, at that age, like, Irreversible just had graphic violence on the screen that I hadn't seen before that affected me. But now watching this, it's just like, it's so... This movie's not tremendously violent. It's so well made that that makes it all so disconcerting. Yeah. I mean, if, if a snuff film, this is not. This is like, if... If, if this was made by a shit filmmaker, right. you'd be like, oh, I'm watching, like, the Poughkeepsie tapes, like... Sure. This was like this, if Stanley like, Kubrick made Saw. It right. was insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they bring all the kids out on the garden and they set up the rules. The rules are um, at 6 p.m. everyone must meet in the orgy room. Um, after dinner, the men will celebrate in an orgy. All participants dressed according to ritual will lie on the floor and following the example of animals will change position. It is at this moment that they cut to the wait staff who's listening to this speech. Yeah. Like, Granted, nothing's happened yet. Right. They just brought everyone to the mansion. Um, they're breaking down. Here's what's going to happen to you while you're here. Yeah. And, like, the cooks and the maids are, like, they, like, pan over and they're, like, Homer, like, backing into the bushes. Yeah, like, right. oh, my God. Yeah. Um, the guys who rented the Airbnb are fucking nuts. <laughs> um, uh Intermingling. Oh, it I took that to be them being like, oh, God, we have to sit through this again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> intermingling entwining and copulating incestuously committing adultery and sodomy so we will proceed each day any man having sex with a woman will be punished by loss of limb <laughs> the slightest religious act committed by anyone will be punishable by death um so that's kind of what they set up yeah and, and that I, was the moment where i was like all right i'm on board for this premise me too little did i know that that is not a good summation of what happens. What happens is, in fact, way worse. Yeah. Way worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happens is a a series of 
scenes in which you have first like old madams and retired whorehouse like cat ranch owners telling stories of titillation. Yeah, that, they're they're acting as like the court jester, but like yes. forgetting the dude's jollies off and, while being berated for not being scandalous enough. Interesting you should say the court jester because that's one of the kind of vibes that it gives off is that you're watching like four medieval kings like with all of their wenches. Yeah, like, like this pleases me. Yeah, like raping and pillaging kind of vibe yeah. to the whole operation. And as such, it's kind of like communicated through almost like a Greek chorus yeah. almost yeah, yeah. telling. Totally. A, 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 it's very Faustian yes. and extremely ritualistic. And it's like you're not watching just like just like the ritualistic nature of it. Like it, it's all very like it's like German expressionistic, disgusting, like weird, brutalistic. Everything's it might as well have been in black and white and okay. everyone was wearing masks. It's just very just the vibe it gave off was just very um, fucked in from hell. OK. Um, and um, I um, really agree with your sentiment that um, if it wasn't like this and was just like a horror movie with a bunch of disgusting fat, gross serial killers like kidnapping yeah. kids. It could easily be an exploitation flick. And sure. It somehow doesn't feel that way, which is insane. No, it's somehow the most graphic thing you could ever see, but also not tremendously concerned with exploiting things beyond yeah. just their base premise. It's yeah. very brutalist and disgusting. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like almost it's like presenting the most shocking scenarios possible in a way where its intention is not to shock the viewer. Um it's like trying to make you grapple with seeing such tasks as normalized. And and it's while th these women tell the stories to titillate their uh crowd and the libertines that they become like aroused and like you know in the first scene one is one just stands up in the middle of her story and is like un momento <laughs> and he's like then he starts like correcting her and he's like you're not describing this enough like we need to talk about how big your professor's cock is yeah, right. who's raping you yeah. and it it then would like kick off into like you were saying like they're talking about like Nietzsche and like they have like full on philosophical conversations while getting off yeah while this movie's really, really right in my fucking way <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of people talking about shit that has nothing to do with the fucking movie <laughs> it's kind of like what's that show um on Netflix that uh is like the cartoon and then they play the podcast over it that's about a different subject oh yeah the what is it the fucking uh I want to say the shivering truth, but I know yeah, for no, sure that's not it. It's um, like the shitty shivering truth. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. Where I, they know have a running... made, I know who made the show, but I don't remember what it's called. It's fucking, it's like the dude from the, the trippy dude. Yeah. From the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's like that where they have a running commentary about all sorts of topics that are as depraved as you can yeah, ever imagine. But it'll be like really intellectual and then be interrupted by the one guy being like, hold on a second. This aroused me so much. I need to show everyone my asshole. <laughs> and he just runs around That's the room. 
that scene rocked. Just, just when, when fucking he's Art like, Garfunkel goes around the room showing his asshole to everyone. Literally, just he's like, look down. at these. And he's like, look at my ass. <laughs> and then he goes to the next group of three people. He's like, look at my asshole. It's <laughs> like seven groups of people, and they're all loving it. They're his all... vibe during that was amazing. Yeah. He was just like, so jovial. Yeah, I was going to say, just like childlike joy. And he was like, yeah, fuck my ass, fuck my ass. He was like running around, like spreading his butthole open to people. Yeah. It was this, amazing. This is a dude who It was like, like an icebreaker. One of his like. It was an icebreaker. Yeah. One of their four studs like trips a maid and then fucking just starts raping her. And he's right. like, oh, me too. And he gets down <laughs> on all fours right next to the maid. He's like, yeah. And the, the close up of his face is just pure, pure, just fucking it's childlike wonder. It's like, how blessed are we to live this life? Even even more terrifying of a tangent really quick is that uh, during this week, while preparing for this podcast, I came in contact with a Facebook group through I was Googling pictures of um, Art Garfunkel, like smiling and making creepy faces <laughs> to send to Dan all week. And um, one of the links was to a Facebook group, an appreciation yeah. group for this character. Yeah. Um, it had 26 members. <laughs> yeah. It was very upsetting. Yeah. I clicked on some members. Uh, they were very dark people, uh, <laughs> as dark as you could get. Uh, one of the girls' profiles, her banner was a picture of, like, the Teletubbies, but it was, like, yeah, from an alternate yeah, hell yeah. dimension where it's, like, it looked like the Blair it Witch Project, basically. It was all and black and white. I was like, Dan, I have stumbled into a not-okay place. He was yeah. like, do the thing. Do the thing where you do the internet thing, like the John Locke thing. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think yeah. that's going to happen here. Without question, that person with that Teletubbies thing is, like, part of these fucking fucked up, the like, like, dark web child sex ring things. Yeah, for like, sure. Dude, how do you have the balls to be a fan of that character on Facebook? <laughs> it's, I mean... This is a man who, in this movie, eats shit. They're like your honor, grinning, Hon just eating the shit of another human being. They're like your honor. Um, we'd like to point to the defendant's Facebook likes, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you're you're done, you're done, kid." Um, Art Garfunkel says one of the most profound things in this movie. Um, at one point, he says, um, "He's going around raping, trying to rape, and he like can't properly." like get his rocks off and at one point he says you should know that there are a thousand occasions when one does not desire a woman's anus <laughs> and this is as he's trying to chase a boy to rape him um, so, this is what we're playing with y'all so true. <laughs> so true. there was a lot of talk of that uh, in this movie Yeah, a lot of anus talk a lot of talk of like how sacred the anus is how like disgusting like regular sex is in all ways right. and like you basically haven't even had sex until it's like you're being shit on eating shit it's i mean it's really a lot to swallow yeah this movie you know what i mean Manja! um lots of quotes in this movie really upset me um most of them were from the women telling the stories in the interstitial scenes of titillation those stories were really disgusting and made me sick. Yeah, and the way they're presented is so just like, like, dude, what is up with those actresses, man? Imagine being, like, a fucking actor. And, being and reading handed, that monologue. Yeah, like, learning a fucking monologue. And, like, and then, as the delicacy his feces were pouring down my throat hole. Like, she said at one point, The matter was organized so that my professor swallowed my piss to the last drop. And at that moment, at the moment when his penis, bewildered in victory, wept tears of blood on me. <laughs> like, Jesus.
Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. That was a ball to shoot. That's what yeah. they were saying. Like yeah, everyone, right. everybody had fun on Salo. Nobody had any idea what they were doing. Like, yeah, right. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone had a ball on Salo because they were balling those kids on the fucking between takes. Um, my favorite single quote from this movie was uh, from Steve Buscemi, who is like maybe the most sadistic of all the characters. And I, he had like some interesting side plots too that were also super sadistic and fucking, he was, yeah, he was a pretty sick dude. Um, <laughs> but he said my favorite thing <laughs> in the movie. Not to be confused with Trick Dude. <laughs> I mean, maybe to be confused with Trick Dude. <laughs> we'll find out. More at 11. Um, uh, most profound quote for me, the, he's talking about how they're going to break all of these kids, yeah. basically. And he says, without a doubt, we will turn them into for- first-class whores. <laughs> Nothing's more contagious than evil. Yeah, And right. I was like, oh my god, this is dark. That was actually, that was kind of the line where I was like, that took me out of the whole thing, because I was like, their whole vibe is that there's no, like, there's, morality's not real, so for them to have a conception of evil and, like, be presenting it that way is, like, <sighs> flying in the face of the rest of the underlying messaging. That I actually knocked some points off for that line. I think he was, though, saying a bit that Maybe I don't know if the evil is the right word, but he he in a way is saying that I mean the, he's recognizing that he and his compatriots are are surely evil, but that he's going to disseminate and spread evil across the kids. Um, I don't know though. I mean, it could be lost in translation. But mm-hmm. yeah, don't show any <laughs> regret. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. you're making people eat your shit. It's yeah, not... <laughs> right. Um, anyway, they stage a wedding where everyone's naked. <laughs> Um, very bizarre. And then after the wedding, they isolate the bride and groom and rape them. Um, Every scene has some shot of someone watching something and then grabbing someone's cock next to them. Classic crash. There's just like a lot of crotch grabbing. (laughs) But this, Andre, (laughs) this was the kind of crotch grabbing I'm into. Cold, isolated, detached, auteur. On children. Well... Look, you're putting that in. I don't put words in my mouth. Mario! 10 out of 10. <laughs> I did say up front, uh, Salo, 10 out of 10. I was that that was me um, doing foreshadowing. Yeah. I, uh, I've been Leave wondering... Leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you. I've been wondering uh, what, how different of an experience this would have been to watch uh, in Italian with subtitles rather than with English dubbing. You Wait, you watched it with English dubbing? Yeah. What are you talking about? That's insane. Are you kidding? Yeah, you asked me. I said, absolutely subs. You said dubs. I said subs, and I said their voices must be heard. Oh, I thought you said dubs. I I would never watch a dub. I watched it dubbed. That's just so fucking bizarre. It was wild. Wow. That would have made for better soundboard clips than Mario. Yeah, I thought you were going to have a bunch of them. No, I I thought I was pretty clear about that. Maybe I... We'll have to see after the. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Either way, I recommend you rewatch it. <laughs> anyway, they put all the kids. Uh... Dude, the dubbing is wild because the voices they have—they're all oh, like, I bet. like hoity-toity British and like. I think you would have given it a ten if you heard it in its original Italian. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> the English was pretty harrowing. Um, now, <laughs> um, 
it's at this point that really things fly off the rails. They put all the kids on leashes, naked, walk around like dogs, feed them biscuits full of nails, which was deeply upsetting. Yeah, for me. and the, the one that they feed the the polenta full of nails was the president's daughter. Yeah, and blood is just flowing out of her mouth. Yeah. It is horrifying. Yeah, uh, made me gag again. Um, and this was before Circle of Shit really happened. It was only soon after this that Gerard Butler did poopies. Um, um, <laughs> when Gerard Butler does poopies, um, he... Uh, it should be the episode title, Gerard Butler Does Poopies. <laughs> sure. Why not? Sallow, Gerard Butler Does Poopies. Um... Uh, so, uh, circle of shit begins and, um, all of the libertines are discussing, um, how they killed their own mothers and want to kill their own mothers and rape and murder their own mothers. Uh, <laughs> one girl starts crying right. um, and they question her. They say, why are you crying? She says that, um, she doesn't say shit. The prostitute explains on her behalf. Right. The prostitute <laughs> explains for her that her mother died in this fascist takeover and um, she was witness to it and is upset about this topic. And as a result, uh, Gerard Butler just goes in the middle of the room and takes a huge shit and then starts screaming manja over and over again. Manja! And makes her eat the poop with a spoon. Yeah. Um, and you gag me with a spoon. I, a person wearing headphones while watching this movie, wanted to present the sound effect for you of her uh, eating the piece of shit. It makes a little fart noise. I just confirmed you did say subs. What's that, Dan? You did say subs. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's when the poop went into her mouth. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's at this point I became violently ill while watching this movie. It lasted for days afterwards, pretty much. <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my mind. Because uh, it's at this point they start making everybody save their shit in their uh, bedpans. And they start making it so that the girls don't shit. And they're always referring to shit as a delicacy, which I just... <laughs> they then have a tub installed into the mansion yeah. after much discussion where they put everyone's shit. Uh, they fill it up and eventually put people inside of it uh, yeah. towards the end of the movie. Big Schindler's List vibes. They fill a entire casserole tray of shit and force it to everyone. Yeah, they serve it at a banquet hall. They all sit down like readily Which excited I think it for an, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty bad. Um, this then goes into an asshole contest. Of who has the best asshole. Uh, yeah, which, where Art Garfunkel chooses the only living boy in New York as his own. <laughs> Salo, 10 out of 10. Woo! Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, the asshole contest happens. The winner gets to die. <laughs> um, keep in mind that this entire movie... And they debate the merits of each other's ass. Of, of like, they're like... They have to vote on who has the best <laughs> I did write in my book. In my um, notes. Sorry, my book. I'll be signing at Barnes & Noble this Tuesday. Um, Butt-fucking redemption from Crash. Full-on sodomy, big-time cheek fla flapping, smacking, and ball bag flapping. <laughs> in all caps. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Am I the only one who feels like this movie would have been less uneasy if they were circumcised? Yeah, it was hard, the amount of anteaters that I had to endure yeah. watching this movie. 
Um, <laughs> I wish that I had watched this movie at 1.5 speed like Andre listens to our podcast. <laughs> um, that there's no vomit in this movie was an absolute mercy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how there wasn't a scene of vomit because there should have been as they were serving the shit banquet. And yeah, it would have been too, too unsubtle. Um, other than that, um, artistically brilliant choice to... Uh, make the last 15 minutes of this movie be the most upsetting <laughs> even after all this poo poo shitty stuff um it actually gets so much worse one um, of my notes just says the dubbing is harrowing <laughs> i cannot believe you would listen to a dub of dude, this movie it's so stupid no dude it was awesome i've been laughing at it no you would not have been i was only upset <laughs> i have to hear something because i was thinking of picturing these poor fucking like american and british actors who got hired to do that on top of it all you hear that, Andre? He listened to the dub. What an idiot. <laughs> right, man? Like me. Um, so uh, the final <sighs> circle of Dante's Inferno in this film is a sequence in which all the... Uh, throughout the movie, they're writing names in a black book. Um, at, they don't, they're not clear about what the black book is really going to be. The Obviously, book is the it's going to be people not people who have broken the rules from the beginning. Yes, but what they do with those names is, yeah. is the point. And that's the circle of blood. And <laughs> if you are uh, written down in the book throughout the movie, you get to be in the circle of blood. If you weren't included in the circle of blood, you get to wallow in a gigantic <laughs> tub of shit. <laughs> Where you will die and be suffocated, I guess. Everyone is sick and crying, yeah. naked, in a tub of shit submerged to their chest. Um, it's about as graphic and sad as this movie was really going to go there. They would have let everyone die, and then they would have eaten the corpse shit. Yeah. Go big, there. Big points off on this movie for you, not going there. You gotta go there. You gotta go there. There's no vomit in this movie. Come on, guys. Go there. Father's Day would have gone there. That is true. <laughs> um, so uh, what they do is um, all take turns in a courtyard being a executioner, a torture sadist, and then um, uh, a person who watches on with opera glasses from a room full of boys um, <laughs> as these horrors take place in the final 10 wasn't minutes. There also, wasn't there a scene before this where like two of them got caught fucking and then he like holds up a black power fist and they all shoot him? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was that about? That was, um, there was a scene where two people were caught fucking and then they rat out another two people fucking to get themselves out of it, which I found to be very interesting like microcosmic uh scene of like what it's like to be in a fascist state where like you rat your neighbors out to rat their neighbors out yeah and then um the boy who was fucking her who has a huge dong um so many big dogs at the end of this movie it was insane um huge dongs they're all fake but very weird. well they talked about how they purposely selected the boys with the, the biggest, biggest dongs, dongs. Yeah. biggest dongs for the circle of sodomy yeah. um, and um so they they all take turns being the executioner the torturer or um as gerard butler does first uh the voyeur um and a genius filmmaking choice yeah. is made in which you are only subject from point of view of seeing the circle of blood through the eyes of the voyeur yeah. through, through opera glasses and with no, no sound. sound. Yeah. Um, 
the artistic choice of that is so strong and so genius. There's obviously you could have taken the camera down to the courtyard where these horrors are happening and it would have been terrible, but seeing it from the voyeur's perspective as he is enjoying it and then rotating through all of the libertines as they get to enjoy it in their own way. Truly sick. Yeah. Truly incredible scene of violence. Tongues are cut off. Castrations are had. Um, people are lit scalped. on fire. A girl is scalped. Um, it's kind of like, imagine like gladiator mixed with like the gimp. They're in like a gladiatorial ring, basically, right. with an endless amount of supplies to do their raperies. Um, <laughs> and they do them. And they, it's really bad. They do them and dicks are grabbed while they're doing them. Yep. Jollies are had. Uh, Gerard Butler is looking on to these horrors. Um, it really does look like Gerard Butler. The most brutal massacre of sodomy and torture ever devised. And his hand wanders into the pants of the youngling next to him. Uh, he feels the boy's cock, uh, which is already hard. He looks at him and says, bravo, yeah. ere pronto, which means good, you were ready. Yeah, um, so I heard that in English. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> um, I just realized we missed like, well, first of all, thank you for the fact that now I can't remember what that actor actually looks like and every scene I'm picturing actually Gerard Butler in it. So that's great. No problem. For two, I feel like we could have had a through line here where we were like comparing Salo to Halo. We could have been referring no, to, the, to the president as Master Chief. <laughs> Look, we don't have to retitle the episode. Gerard Butler does poopies to Master Chief Collection. Salo, the Master Chief Collection. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, if you like um, things like Martyrs and Eyes Wide Shut and Hostel and just the most evil content uh, imaginable, this is up there. They did yeah. it. They went where Cuties was too scared. You know what I mean? It's it's subject matter treated with a degree of coldness that is like very like Michael Haneke esque. Sure. And uh, I'm always there for that. <sighs> I think that's about it for me on this one. What do you think? Are we any further thoughts? I I'm pretty preoccupied with the fact that Salo is about to become in our top three high, most highly rated movies on this podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That is where we're at, baby. <laughs> it's going to offset some things for sure. <laughs> it's going to be like, like, did I it's like gonna be like four years from now? And I'm going to be like, really? You gave Salo a 10, but Sonic the Hedgehog four a four. <laughs> is it better than Tenet? <laughs> I don't know, but it's better than Dunkirk, baby.